Welcome to Somebody Date Jen and Kyle, the podcast where two people in their 30s are on their quest to find love. I am Jen Sanford. This is Kyle Marshall. It's Friday night and we're back. We just we just keep going, Kyle. Mm-hmm. We just we just keep going. Top of the morning to ya. Blimey. Top of the morning. It's uh, eight o'clock at big night. Ben. What are you talking about? Uh, <laughs> what? You're off to jolly old England here pretty soon. Yeah, where they all talk like Dick Van Dyke in Cold Mary Blimey. Oh, that's what, boy. That's what, they walk down the streets with their chimney sweeps behind them. <laughs> you should see Kyle. He's all elbows up here. Yeah, just, just all elbows. I'm step in time over here, Jan. Step in time. Yes, that's that's true. I am off to Oxford shortly after we record this, and I will be gone for some time. And uh, I, yeah, it's happening. I mean, a few weeks. It's not like you're <laughs> indefinitely going away and we never know when you're returning. Well, I think that's what I told you, but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> surprise. Yeah, no, I'm just off for a couple of weeks. I'm off to Oxford to uh, just sightsee. <laughs> oh, yeah, just a sightsee. I'm off to Oxford to do a little studying and further my my other goal, which is to, you know, in addition to having a podcast with you, which is to cl- collect as many collegiate mm-hmm. sweaters as I can. Can you bring me back one? Do a little. I sure can. I sure can. What would you like it to say? Oxford. I know. That's my favorite thing to ask people. Every time, like. Actually, when, give me one that says Oxnard. That's what I want. I love that when I go to. <laughs> I go to Harvard and they go, oh, can you get me a Harvard hoodie? And I'm like, yeah, sure. What would you like it to say? (laughs) (laughs) Like, wait, what? What? I'm like, yeah, like on the front. Do you want it to say anything? I'll see it. Like, and what color would you like it to be? Yeah. (laughs) Like the maroon. What's wrong with you? Yeah. No, I got to leave some room in the suitcase for some, some swag, of course. But yeah, but that's not what I want to talk about tonight. What do you want to talk about? And we are going to talk tonight. We're going to talk, Kyle. Mm -hmm. Hey, has anybody ever called you and been like, we have to talk? You do this all the time. I do it. I don't do it all the time. Uh, you have done it at least three times in like the past few months. And it always fills me with complete dread because I always anticipate bad news. <laughs> I always anticipate bad news. Like, give me an example. When did I do it last? I guess it wasn't a, mm-hmm. I guess it was not a, a phone call, but it was a text message. It's like, hey, we have to talk. We have to meet sometime this week. And then you no follow up. I'm like, oh, okay. I guess uh, Thursday. <laughs> Yeah, but it's not like we're dating. No. Like, what's the problem? <laughs> what's the problem? It's just your friend, Jen. What's wrong with you? I thought you were going to be like, I'm giving you friend chlamydia or something. I'm like, I don't know. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. What? I, I don't know. Some new strain or something. Listen, it's been a weird few years. Who knows what's next around this stupid hill? Hashtag friend chlamydia. Friend chlamydia. Yikes. And it's always good news, isn't mm. it? No, it's, it's never like, good hey, news. It's usually medium what news. What do you mean? It's usually define medium it's news. It's usually like it's either good news no, or it's it, bad it's news. It's usually like, oh, I have uh, this new book I'm reading, and also we have to have this very serious conversation about the future of the podcast. Like that's usually the like, the, the two <laughs> the two extremes <laughs> you throw at me. All right, it's fine. Well, you survived your French toast intervention from a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. so you know you can do anything. How's uh, how's your relationship scorecard, Cal? It's awful. Nothing's happening. Big old zero. Oh. Nothing. I deleted Grinder and everything has come to a screeching halt. I was also sick, so I've been trying to keep care of myself, honestly, for the last week. So that that, that is part of it. But I'm kind of regrouping and trying to see what I do next. I kind of want, when you're off in England, 
is maybe if I can try and convince myself to really push myself outside of my comfort zone. And date a woman. Okay, Jen. Yeah, great. So, so, so jokes. So full of jokes here this week. Okay. No. Just saying. Just saying. Is go on like a, a speed date night or, or some sort of like singles event while you're out. <gasps> you can't go speed dating without me. That violates the rules of the podcast. Don't you dare. Oh, so I'm supposed to be lonely by myself here for three weeks while you're off gallivanting around England with Dick Van Dyke's brethren? Yeah, I thought we were friends. Okay, well, we'll see. I feel ashamed and embarrassed that you did not say I deleted Grindr and things have grinded to a halt. Mm, That's that's what um, I should have done. This is disappointing at this. this, We're 50 episodes in, Kyle. That's just (laughs) disappointing. Okay, I want to ask you this question. Do you think you're a strong communicator? No. Well, it depends on what we're talking about. If we're talking about within relationships, no. Which I'm assuming we are based on this episode. How did we, how did you come to this conclusion? Feedback and history. Okay. Tell me your, oh my God, this is starting to feel, I'm starting to feel like this is a Dr. Phil episode. Okay, Kyle, why don't you tell me how you decided that you were a bad communicator? Because you need evidence if you're going to say I'm a bad communicator. I think I start off strong in most relationships by being clear about what I want, what my expectations are, and where I want the relationship to go. As we get into it, what happens is that I will not continue being that forthright or that upfront with people. Where I think what happens is that people will either text me. It's usually texts nowadays. It's very rarely phone calls. If anyone I was dating phoned me, I would answer the phone. Um, unless my, you know, it was a shark attack. As you do. But, you know. <laughs> Sorry, you reached commercial. Sorry, I can't get to the phone right now. I'm being attacked by a shark. I, my voicemail, just sorry to go off on this tangent, used to say, Hi, you've reached the voicemail of mm-hmm. Jen Sanford. I'm sorry I've missed your call. Please leave a message, but please make sure it's kind and nice and friendly because I'm I really got a lot going on and not very much of it is positive beep and the person's Jesus. always like oh um hi this is the dentist calling and you know what never mind <laughs> like i just <laughs> just always gives people pause it's with great honor that we tell you that you have not one but two cavities yeah <laughs> good ding, news ding, 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 so sorry so the if someone was to phone me, I would most likely answer that phone call unless somehow I was just not physically able to do so. With texting, I can bat it away or out of sight, out of mind, or just not be as responsive as probably warrants the situation. Like literally the last three grinder relationships I was on basically wound to a halt. Sorry, ground to a halt. Yes. They ground good. to You're a learning. halt because basically it would be like they would send a message and then I wouldn't respond for like you know, eight or nine hours, and then I would respond, and then they wouldn't respond for like eight or nine or ten hours. But every social dating platform is like that. And then right? it just like finally is like, oh, okay, this is just not worth it anymore, and it just kind of fades away, sort of thing. So I think that's that's where I feel that my my communication is not impeccable a lot of the times. And you know, so, Jen too, as someone who constantly yells at me that. Whoa. Um, Whoa. Okay. That's a choice. I do very bad in face-to-face tough conversations when I feel attacked because I shut down. I don't, I am not a fighter in that regard. I just completely turtle up inward and be like, okay, I will now not respond to anything 
for the next five hours. Yeah. So do you think it's the fear of conflict and time management that are your only communication deficits or do you think you have others? I feel like you're setting me up to be like, well, I have this chart of all your deficiencies, Kyle. That's honestly See, what I feel like you're leading me to. fear of conflict. Mm-hmm. Fear of conflict. I'm starting to really resent that you think I'm not a nice person in your life. You're like, we, you know, you say we have to talk. It makes me uncomfortable. I hate confrontation. You, you like, are you okay over there? <laughs> this is what I get for buying you French toast on the weekend. You're, you're swell. You're a swell gal. <laughs> Fuck you. I, so I don't know. Those are the two that I think are the most obvious, but I'm, I don't know. You tell me. Well, no, I'm not going to, I'm not here to assess your communication deficits. Okay, I think okay. you got to be, I think you got to be self-aware. Okay. How about you? What are your deficiencies? Oh, alphabetically or chronologically? <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> I think that the challenge for me is that because I work in, in the communications industry professionally, like words have power and I know how to leverage that into power. And I'm also great at summarizing in a way that drives people crazy. Right. Mm. So like if you're, if I'm talking to a partner and they're like, well, what I'm trying to say is this, 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 and this, I'm like, Oh, so what you're really trying to say is I'm this, 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 and this. And I would just, I, I, I can use words as power to wrap people into a direction of a conversation that they don't want to go in. Right. And I've really had to let, like, as I've matured as a person, I've, I've had to let go of a super immature behavior, which is making it really uncomfortable for men to communicate and feel heard and not have their everything they say be summarized into a brand identity that I give them. Mm-hmm. Right. Do you know what I mean by that? Or am I talking in, in big no. terms? I'm, what I'm trying to say is like, you know, I, in previous relationships could make it just so that they would just be defeated and just say like, okay, I'm trying to talk to you about something, but you've just decided that I'm a villain. And so everything I say just gets re-summarized into that. And then my supreme attention to detail and, ex, you know, extensive memory skills are like, um, I'll just keep that statement and I will categorize it and catalog it and I will pull that information out when it suits me. I have a tendency to not give my partner space space to communicate and space to be vulnerable. We got a lot of interesting, not positive mail about my uh, comment that I struggle with men being vulnerable. I don't know what to do with huh. it. Shocking. Uh, <laughs> oh God. It was not positive. Um, and so I'm, I'm really learning to like give as much space as, as we can. Have you ever dated a shit communicator? Um, yes. hundred percent. I think one of the biggest ones... All? When we started this podcast, I mean, yeah, again, I think everyone has, but starting this podcast, we, you know, pushing myself out into the dating pool again, that was what uh, we were affectionately calling him John Cho, because that's kind of what he looked like. Mm, I remember him. He was the worst at that. It's like, he would make plans and then like, just double checking where we're going, right? And then nothing and nothing and nothing. And like, just having so hard time of just like nailing down when he was available and not available or or anything like that was it was tough it was hard and even when we were together it was sometimes like i don't know what you're thinking or feeling or wanting mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i do feel like the goldilocks of communication i've dated you know people who are over communicators and it's too hot and then i dated you know poor communicators it's too cold and i don't think i've ever found this the, the sweet spot but i know that my yeah. expectations are unrealistic but i will tell you with with jesus this man that's I'm currently going on dates with. Why are we still talking about him? (laughs) 
Yeah, Kyle, Kyle's well on the record of, of where he feels with this, but <laughs> he he is without question the most difficult communicator I've 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 come up to terms with, and I will often equate to having a conversation with him as as being like trying to get a drunken person to walk home. Mm. It's kind of the same because you either are met with emotional octane or you are met with vagueness that doesn't help you. So you'll say something like, you know, you'll be driving to dinner and you'll say, I'm, are you sure you want to eat here? And you're expecting that person to say, oh yeah, that's fine. Or actually, can we go somewhere else? And then you make a decision. But instead you're met with, why do you always ask me this? Why do you make plans? And then we're into those plans. And then you want to change those plans. And then you don't want to like, this frustrates me totally. Now I have anxiety about, or is this even where you want to eat? And you're like, whoa, pause. <laughs> Do you want to eat here? And then he'll, he doesn't, it doesn't clue in. He just does it again. He's just like, well, here we go. Now we have to talk about this. Like we're already on the highway. <laughs> You're just like, yes or no. <laughs> right. And of course, like, I think like communication, like I believe in the most traditional method of communication, which is that, you know, the sender speaks, the receiver gets it, feeds back that he receives it. And it, like a conversation is like tennis. Communication is like tennis. I, I remember having to teach my husband this when we first met because I, I finally just said to him, why do you keep going on dates with me? I do not even believe that you like me. And he's like, why? And I was like, because talking to you is like playing the shittiest game of tennis I've ever played. And he's like, what do you mean? And I'm like, well, I pick up the ball and lob it toward you by saying like, how was your day? And you slam it back at me by saying, fine. So then I pick up a new ball and I lob it over to you. And I'm like, what are you doing this weekend? And you're like, nothing. Just slams it right back to me. And it's exhausting to try to, like, I'm trying to rally back and forth. Like, you talk, I talk. You talk, I talk. And for like the first year we were together, it was really about training that skill. And of course, he was such an introvert that I think that process was genuinely exhausting. Mm. Right? Like, how many back and forths are we going to have today? And I was like, well, I don't know, like as many as you want. So I think that's like, that's frustrating. But with Jesus, it's either like just the, the puffery and all of the emotions of just answer a simple question, or it's the vagueness. Like, what are we doing this weekend? Mm, okay, well, I have a full slate of things I have to accomplish. So do you want to meet up? Sure. Or, and this is my all-time pet peeve. And I think anyone who has dated him that listens to this podcast will laugh out loud at this comment, which is when you ask him a multiple choice question and he responds with yes. Mm -hmm. And you're like, oh my God, I, I just give up. I just move on. And then he calls and he's like, how come I haven't seen you in four days? I'm like, cause I can't communicate like this. It's just waste. It's just, it's morally depleting. Like when you're like, do you want to pick up supper and then we'll watch a movie or do you want to go out for supper and we'll stay in or do you want to take a rain check for tomorrow? And he just goes, yes. <laughs> it is infuriating because to me, the only thing I hear when I hear that is I don't value you. Oh, gotcha. I knew there's a, a friend of mine who knows that it drives me nuts because I always like to verify <laughs> plans and yeah. stuff like that. So he will intentionally wind me up because it'll be like so we're we are meeting tomorrow at like 9 a.m and they'll be like i was watching this interesting thing on the on netflix today i'm like great yeah but, but what we are meeting <laughs> tomorrow at 9 a.m and he'll just completely just never answer <laughs> the question that i'm asking and he knows that i'm freaking out <laughs> yeah 
Yeah. So that's, you know, that's manipulation, mm-hmm. Kyle. Recognize the symptoms. Big um, brother by, syndrome is what it is. Mm, by converse, have you ever dated a strong communicator? I dated someone who I think considered themselves a strong communicator, but I came across being a little bit mystified, which was, um, I think I've told this story on this podcast. It, I was dating this woman for, you know, a, a couple of weeks here a few years ago. She was always up front, like, this is what I'm looking for. This is what I want the future to be. This is how I want things to go. Like, what are you looking for? You know, it was always those those types of conversations. Super passionate, knew, knew exactly what she wanted. But then also would take things and then... Sounds like kind of maybe what you do as well, Jen. Which is <laughs> just like, gonna say what I do. Yeah, it's like, and because of these things, this is the reason why, or this is this is you, or like I, I'm gonna <laughs> make a, a value judgment on you because I, I tell the story of like we were in it, like I had gone, I bought her like a little gift because I knew she, you know, liked gifts. That was part of her love language and stuff like that. And she, she was like, "Hey, do you want to meet at this coffee shop here tonight?" I'm like, "Great, yeah." And I walk in, and she was like. Oh, you bought me a present. You probably shouldn't have. I think we should break up. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, I was Whoa. really kind of caught unaware because she was like, I don't know if you're like, you're completely communicative in the way that I need you to be every single time. Oh. I think there's something uh, that's not quite clicking. And so I'm going to move on. And I was like, oh, I mean, it's totally cool for you. But I wish there had been a little bit more lead up to this conversation. Than yeah, or just an this. opportunity to grow. Right. Right. I feel like we sometimes write off. I don't know. I, we're on both sides of this because I feel like there's opportunity to build up, but I'm in a full rehabilitation <laughs> mm-hmm. rehabilitation mode. Have you ever had a relationship end because of bad communication where you're like, I am done with this because I feel like I'm talking to a wall or I feel like if I have to talk about my feelings for one more minute, I'm going to go crazy or I feel like you communicate. In no, a I'm way. always about talking about my feelings. <laughs> like I'll, I'll do that all day, every day. Oh, gross. Uh, but yeah, I think honestly, that's basically what every relationship ends with at really at the end of the day is poor communication think so? yeah you think every relationship ultimately ends because of bad communication let me read let me let me sorry let me restate that every relationship that's ended for me has ended because of bad communication oh. and i killed that one person's father but besides that it's bad <laughs> communication and that one person did go to prison yeah but aside from that i think my slate's pretty good pretty clean I have to say that as as many listeners know, I listen to a lot of Dateline podcasts because why not? And my brother was visiting in town and he was like, do you listen to that? Because like that's kind of what's left in your dating pool. People who have committed criminal offenses. Wow. Wow. No, and so I then think, he showed up on Dateline. Weirdly. No, so I, I think... <laughs> I think what I found striking about that event is that normally he'd be like, do you just date those? Like, do you just listen to those? Because like, that's your dating pool. But I think he was like legitimately asking. (laughs) I think he was like looking at the situation and being like, you're going to be 40 in the spring. This has gone so shit for you that maybe you're legitimately like, I could just find a little prison pen pal. Like I, I actually think it, like, I think that makes it more sad. Is it? Cause it actually came from a place of like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to tap into your, your life. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, I've got to get out of here. I've got to get out of here. So I think that means that you have to answer the same question, Jen. Have you ever ended a relationship on bad communication? Not yet. All right. All right. You know, I edit these podcasts. I can make you sound however I want. So from the rest <laughs> of this episode, chipmunk voice. <laughs> 
<laughs> How do you like that? Like, hey, Kyle, Kyle, quit it. Oh, come on. <laughs> Grow up. Let's go to the fishbowl. All right, let me pull it over here. I'll take out my keys. But leave mine in. Mm -hmm. What is this, week five? <laughs> leave them in. Leave them in. My boyfriend, a male who's 30, and I, a female who's 28, have a communication issue and I'm lost on how to fix it. We have conversations that often derail and lead to verbal conflict because of communication mistakes I make. Often, I recognize these mistakes but feel that I am not given a chance to clarify what I have said, leading us further into more abusive conflict. When I make a mistake, he tends to either make me defend my often misspoken statement or he begins to berate me for not trying and still being a failure at conversations. Should I not expect a second chance to properly explain myself? How can I be better at communication so I never make a mistake again? It feels hopeless. <laughs> yeah, it would feel hopeless anytime you have to type into a question so I never mistake make a mistake yeah, again. That's a anytime you're having a conversation and you're communicating and you're passionate about it, you're going to say I, something stupid. I think there's a way that she can communicate her feelings without being misconstrued in any type of way, which is you walk into whatever room he's in and you double finger, double middle finger, and you back <laughs> out and you never talk to him again. Yeah, the power of nonverbal communication. We should put that yeah. in the promo. Listen, dysfunctional communication is everywhere. We're, we all do it, but we have to look at what the underlying root cause here. And I think it's pretty evident what the underlying root cause here and that is that you communicate because you're trying to get from one side of a problem to the other side. And the goal is to have there be enough cognitive recognition that it's you two versus a problem, not you two versus each other. And the problem just is the catalyst of you two versus each other. Everybody says something stupid in, a, in, a, in an argument. I've said my fair share of damaging things. I'm sure you have too, Kyle. And we certainly have partners that have. But the problem is, is that when there's no trust and when there's no underlying respect and when there's no shared belief and agreement that you're trying to get from one side of an issue to the other, you get caught on all these thorns, which is, wait a minute, I can make this argument about something else, which is my feelings about what I think you just said. Now, he is 30 years old, so he is mature enough to know that chances are good you meant something different. But he's communicating with you in an abusive way. He's communicating with you in a way that is stopping you from resolving an issue, that is stopping you from feeling heard and valued and honored for your piece of the, of the conversation. And what he's trying to do is he's trying to hitch up how you said something or the misconstruing of what you said so that the main central issue doesn't need to be resolved. And what you have to do is you have to ask yourself, do I want to be in a relationship with someone who does that? That's the real thing here. It isn't how can I become a better communicator and, 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 and stop saying things in a way that makes him make me apologize. That's not the issue here. The issue here is, is this the person that I can solve big problems with? Because it right. only gets more complicated from here. I agree. So next question. Is <laughs> That's it? You just say, I agree? You don't have anything more? Oh, okay. You, you summed it up. I don't know. There's nothing oh, I'm going to cool. add to it. That's cool. So. Is bad communication at the start of a relationship a red flag? I, a 25-year-old female, have been seeing this guy for a few weeks now. We've only been on two dates, or technically in a relationship yet, but things are going really well. Only thing is, he almost never texts or calls me, and hardly ever responds to my messages. We basically don't talk outside of our physical dates. Is this something that I should be weary of? Or 
Should I assume if we actually went official, it would be a lot more communicative? I'm going to let you answer this one first. I mean, bad communication can be improved for sure. Like you can learn how to become a better communicator. I would temper your expectations that if you became official, that he is suddenly going to become this person who wants to text and call you all the time. That's probably just not going to happen. I, I err on the side of believing that how a person chooses to communicate with you at the beginning is going to be kind of how they're going to communicate throughout the rest of the relationship. I don't know. Some people are just bad <laughs> at that at that sort of thing. Never responds, I think, is a bit of a red flag. I would probably key in on how you are communicating with each other when you actually see each other face to face. Like, is are the conversations free flowing? Like, are you always is it a one sided conversation where you're providing all of the the balls that you're lobbing at him to, to kind of ricochet back? This is either a supreme introvert someone who's just bad at the whole texting thing or last option because i'm not given a lot of information here that uh he enjoys hanging out with you but doesn't really see himself investing long term i don't know those are my three quick thoughts on what's going on here i think we might be looking at this question backwards let's look at it this way in the beginning is the hottest it's going to be mm-hmm right? It's the hottest, most intense, most raw, most passionate, most lustful. It's everything it wants to be. It's hot. Some people chase that feeling for years and throw out good relationships to get it. Why are you depriving yourself of that? This should be like the, my phone's constantly blowing up. I'm living on my phone. My friends are like, can you get off your phone? It's long texts and long conversations on Fridays and Saturdays until you can see each other and talking and sharing links and videos and and having great phone sex or texting sex or whatever you're doing this is as hot as it's going to be and she's just like hello hello like <laughs> it only goes downhill from here like to me like this is this is a failure to thrive already like is this okay with you why do people keep asking these questions and this the answer is the same which is is this okay to you when you have an expectation of how it's going to be at the beginning of a relationship, and that's already not met, what magical unicorn stories are you telling yourself to think, oh, maybe suddenly it's going to get better? Maybe mm-hmm. some magical threshold will be hit, and he'll be the one in a million guy that burns up. Right. But it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It's only yeah, going to cool from here. I agree with that. It, there's, there's, like I said, there's no multiverse that's available out there that he becomes this amazing texter as soon as you are yeah, like, like, let's be exclusive now. What does it say? We basically don't talk outside of physical dates. What the hell? Is that okay with you? Person no. who asked this question? I don't oh. think so. I don't think so. Toss them back in. New fish for you. But don't put a fish picture in your profile. We've uh, no. come down on that. <laughs> yeah, we've, we've ruled on that. That's been adjudicated. I, a 24-year-old female, am beginning to feel like I'm walking on eggshells in my eight-month relationship due to my boyfriend's, also 25-year-old, my boyfriend's communication style during conflicts. Am I doing something to contribute to this dynamic? And if so, how would you suggest I proceed? Um, well, I never like to hear that someone's walking on eggshells because that yeah. either means that they feel they can't be their most authentic self or they're afraid, both of which are quite unacceptable. This question doesn't have a lot of details, so let me try to answer it this way. There are four ways in which we can, can communicate. Don't believe it if they tell you there's like 200 love languages. 
there's four ways we can communicate. The first one is aggressive, which is the person communicating saying, I count and you don't. And we have to really hear those words. I count and you don't. Then there's passive aggressive, which is even worse because it says, I count and you don't, but I don't respect you enough to tell you that. I'm going to let you believe that it's better than it is. Then we have passive communication, which is you don't count and I don't count. The Without a doubt, the most ill productive, you're basically just sucking and blowing hot air for no good reason at that point. And then, of course, we have what we all desire to achieve, which is assertive communication, which is I count and you count. Two people seeing each other as positive, mutual equals and communicating from a basis of that. Sounds to me like this person either has aggressive or passive aggressive communication style with her partner, neither one of which will help you to get where you're going. And over time, communication will become like a rocking chair. It's something to do, but it doesn't take you anywhere. And when I'm hearing that you're 24 and 25 years old from the question, you have a lot of communication to do. Are you the one? What do we want for the future? What decisions are we going to make? You make your most important pivots between 25 and 30 to shape what your 30s will be, which ultimately shapes what you become. (laughs) And if you can't communicate because you feel like there's no pathway to success, then tell me how much longer you think, honestly, you can stay in this relationship. Again, the conflict has to be the two of you versus the problem, not the two of you versus each other. Um, How about this, Jan? We have, uh, there's maybe some more conflict here. My boyfriend has told me that poor communication is just how he is. He is in his 40s. Should I give up? He is 44 and hates texting. He seems unable to reply in a reasonable time. He's told me that if I need to contact him to call him, but sometimes that's just unrealistic, depending on where I am, like at work or where he is. I'm 35 and not a huge texter, but it's nice to have someone reply in a timely fashion, especially when I'm trying to plan my day or evening. I feel like all I do is wait around to hear from him. This feels like this is where I should put the audio clip from uh, Cool Hand Luke. What we've got here is failure to communicate. Yes, and that's why this episode is called that. Do you err on one side or the other here? Like, Do you think one is right and one is wrong? Or do you think they're equally bad? I think they're equally bad. Mm -hmm. I do think they're equally bad. I want to tell you that I have declared war on texting. (laughs) <laughs> I've just declared absolute war on texting. I just... Well, this is good. This I'm, will be about as useful as all the other wars that have been declared on non-sentient <laughs> things. <laughs> That's right. The war on terror and the war on texting have strikingly similar outcomes. Mm-hmm. I, I just feel like too often I'm trying to have major conversations in the wrong, sure. in the wrong yeah, yeah. communication medium, right? Like real conversations cannot be had by texting. They just can't. I agree. And so I'm really declaring war on texting. I've actually deleted my WhatsApp and everyone that's on it can just find somewhere else to belong. I have a friend who has a shirt that says the best time to call me is to text me. Right. <laughs> Which I do think for some people, like they just, they can't manage a phone call. Either they're too busy or they're too introverted. You you know this, you've worked in like corporate culture before and I've not, but have worked in a bunch of uh, different organizations I think this this has been drilled into people's heads, oftentimes quite rightly, when there's like all hands meetings called or like, hey, we really need to have a meeting or sit down with you. And it turns into like this 45 minute to 90 minute thing and being like this. You you could have sent me a bullet point 
Listen, I could have just read this. There's no reason why everyone is here, why we're having an, an actual sit down here. Nothing more important than what you could have sent in a, in a short text is being communicated here. But yeah, that's that's true. We we all have like notebooks that say I survived a meeting that could have been an email. But I think on the flip side, you you are correct. I think when when things are like when when shit gets real and be like, hey, I really we need to really have a conversation about like finances, this thing, blah, 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 whatever it is. Doing that in a phone call or a face to face meeting is going to be so much better than trying to go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth or making specific uh, date and time plans, I find, works way yeah. easier face-to-face than going like, can you do this day? No, I can't do this day, so let's do this day. Oh, I can't do that day, let's do this day. Getting into that weird tennis match mm-hmm. type of thing. Yeah, and that's fine. Or if plans change, you're running late, you're confirming something. So I'm wondering if these both of them are using the wrong format in the yep. communication that they're trying to do. <laughs> and that's, that's why both right. of them hates the other one's way of communicating. That's right. That's right. I don't think we should be punishing, especially men, I don't think we should be punishing them for saying, if you want to have a conversation with me, I want you to call me. I want to hear your voice. I don't think that's an unrealistic thing to be like. (sighs) What? (laughs) Like, I just think that that's unrealistic. And for, for also for her to say, you know, you can't never text because sometimes things need to be sorted. It's, it's 2022, man. Right. (laughs) I, I think that that's also an unrealistic thing, but you know, leaving someone on red is not my favorite thing, especially when they're trying to make plans. But it sounds to me like you need to have a, a conversation about like, can we communicate on the right, uh, in the right way at the right time? Otherwise, this will just become more frustrating. But I am perturbed a little bit by the idea is of her saying, I feel all I do is sit around and wait to hear from him. You're okay to make other plans. Right. <laughs> I just, I feel like, on, I feel like that should be a public service announcement. Like, do not wait around. You can make other plans. At the end of the day, your life is your story and you put all your chapters into it. You don't wait for somebody else to give you content for your own life. Mm-hmm. So I think that deserves to be said just of my own fruition. All right, let's do one more. We'll do one more question here, Jen. I am in hell with a woman I love. She, <laughs> she is a 30-year-old female, and I am a 34-year-old male, and we have a great time. We get along and enjoy a great life, but... Very long... It's exactly how it's printed. We talk about our relationship constantly. I honestly think we spend more time talking about our relationship than we do actually having our relationship. It's making me a terrible communicator because I simply don't see the value in having this conversation nearly every day. How do I stop this? Jen, how are we doing right now? Let's have that conversation again. I feel like this is you. You wrote this question. (laughs) No, no, but I, uh, I, I know this trap. I know this trap where, where you're just like always having to be on top of like, where are we, where are we going? What are we doing? This bugs me. I like this. What do you need? Let's digest yesterday. If you are in a relationship where you spend more time talking about what happened in the past than you do being in the present moment and in getting, anticipating the yeah, future, you are in a failure to thrive environment. Yeah, you're in the right Seriously, wrong time zone. I'm asking all of you to take a step back and look at your relationship and ask yourself when we are together, physically in the same room, are we talking more about the past than we are about the future? And if that is the case, 
then your relationship is in a failure to thrive modality because relationships are like all living things. They are like plants. If they are not growing, they are dying. Mm. And I think that you need to say to her, how do we put some rink boards around this? How do we be able to talk about, hey, this kind of bothered me, but not have it be this constant evolution of who we are and what we are and what we aspire to have. Can we just spend some time having our relationship before we have to be like this, this ESPN recap constantly of like what happened? I I do think of it a lot like sports, Mm -hmm. right? Like, you know, let's just show the ball game. Let's not just after every inning, spend all of our time being like, well, this could happen and this could happen. Like, let's just watch the ball game. And then at the end, we won or we lost. I can't tell you how much this bugs me because women, it's women, women do this. They, we want to, we want to dissect and talk about it. And, and, and there are moments for that, especially when you're striving for a big goal and you want to set it up to be successful. That's one thing. But when it's constantly this revisiting and this re-narrative and you have to, and I, because I'm a terrible person, call it do feelings, it is demoralizing. It is the fastest way to defeat two people that like each other. I'm convinced of it. Yeah. I mean, I don't think you, like I said, I, you're in the wrong time zone. You're, you're stuck in the past rather than living in the present. There's no way forward if you're just constantly talking about things that have, that have already transpired. And especially this is where like resentment can start to breed itself. If you have reconciled supposedly reconciled or come to an agreement or have accepted like this is what's happened and then to relitigate that information another time and a third time and a fourth time and a fifth time at a certain point it's just like listen like i can't keep talking about the same thing every single day or i'm going to go absolutely uh insane if you're constantly talking about behavior then it's clearly a deal breaker and if it's a deal breaker and a legit deal breaker and you can't move past it then the relationship is over anyway the rest of it is loving someone enough to let it go and move forward. What was that analogy you said with plants? Didn't you say something? Oh, about if plants? it's yeah, like it's like plants. If plants aren't growing, they're dying. Right. Yeah. 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 My plant is basically Audrey too from Little Shop of Horrors, so it's Ooh. just ready to eat the entire world. You know that ninety nine percent of our listener base has no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, but I good love for it. you, Kyle. Way to go. Let's move to the burning question. A question so good it burns a little. Ow! This week's question is, what is the most toxic communication trait and how do you kill it? Uh, well, you do kill it with fire. That is usually the, <laughs> the easiest way. Um, <laughs> Antibiotics. You've already mentioned it here. My personal most toxic communication trait that I receive is one word replies. Because I am convinced, this is me not leading with empathy, <laughs> because I am convinced that people do it intentionally. Like, I literally do think people do it intentionally, where it's like, <laughs> what do you want to do? Nothing. Where, where do you want to go tonight? It doesn't matter. Like, you know, those types of things where it's like, there's no engagement. There's nothing here. We can't progress any further. I hate it. Um, yeah, the communication asymmetry is an issue, but I, I'm laughing so hard because I think the most toxic communication trait is the wall of text. Mm-hmm. The wall of text, which is where someone asks you a question and you're just like, 
once upon a time, it was a Sunday and you did this one thing and this is how it made me feel and this is what I'm doing about it and this is where I think I think what this means and it just goes on and on and on and on and on and on. And then because we're such sycophantic people, we hit send and then we scroll up to the top of it and then we read it back to ourselves oh, just to sure feel do. the powerful vindication of how morally satisfying it was to communicate all of that. And then we continue to check because we realize that people who send wall of text email, like wall of text texts, inevitably date TLDR people. Because they know how that person is going to respond to you. They're going to be like, sure. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're right back where you started. So I think that's so funny that you're like, I think it's the one word text. And I'm like, I think it's usually the catalyst to that one word text, which is the once upon a time wall of text. Oh, Kyle, this was fun. Wasn't it? Well, if you want to join in on that fun, you can do so by going to any of our social media pages or our website. Our website is somebodydatejenandkyle.com. That's Jen with two N's. We're also at somebodydate on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Thank you for joining us this evening on this gorgeous Friday night. And good luck on your quest to find love, just like the rest of us. <laughs> Take care. What am I trying to say? Don't feed the plants. That's what you're trying to say. <laughs> Thank you for joining us on this gorgeous Friday night. As always, it's so great to have you tuning in. Wherever you are in your quest to find love, be happy, be healthy, keep talking, and be safe out there. And we'll see you next week. Good night. Bye. Bye.